Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Week 10 by Low Show. Diving straight into the good stuff here. No reason to screw around at the front end. You guys want me to go fast, so we are going to go fast. We'll see if we can even do today's show in a tidy little 20 minutes. That's the goal. Set the timer. The first minute of music and BS doesn't count. Now, I am at Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. It's our bonus Tuesday edition. You guys seem to like the buy low shows, so I want to keep those going. And frankly, I think there are two this week. Very good reasons for us to consider buying low out of the fantasy space. But quickly, here at the front end, follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And if you're enjoying what we're doing here on our YouTube page, on our traditional pod channels, even at Sports Ethos in general, please throw a like or a subscription. Hit that like and subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to take in the pod. It does mean quite a lot. And to that end, I say, oh, that's not the right week, guys. It says week nine, but that's not right. It's week 10. Son of a gun. I forgot to fix it. wonder if I could do it on the fly. Is that going to show up for you guys? How'd I do? Hey, look at that. On the fly editing. Week 10. Let's look back at how some of our wrecks have gone over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm trying to cover a lot here on a couple of slides. And we've got... <laughs> that's my half-naked kid attempting to run into the show again. Some of the names we've had on the show over the last three, four, five weeks. Julius Randle, he's uh, no longer a, a possible by low. JJJ, Keegan Murray, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown, all these guys have jumped pretty far, and you can't really buy low on them anymore. OG Ananobi's actually gone 10 slots the wrong way since our initial buy low call on him. That's not great, but it also makes him one of an even easier buy low because as bad as he is, he ain't going to be this bad. Especially if the Raptors move some bodies around. That's a pretty easy call, I think. Uh, who else we got going on? A couple more updates on buy low. DeMar DeRozan is finally starting to move his way up the board. We've had him on the buy low table for a few weeks in a row now. And uh, we're finally seeing action from him. He's up from the mid-60s to the mid-50s. Basically, it's percentages. Right now, the free throw percent moved up about 2%. The field goal percent still hasn't really sh moved, shifted far off of this kind of lower number for him. Uh, he's now basically in a dead heat with his ADP in the mid-50s. So any additional gains for DeMar on the percentages sides, and he will then move in front of his ADP, he continues to be one of the more reliably healthy guys in the NBA, so you got that going for you. Even if the other stuff isn't going exactly according to plan, even if right now DeMar is basically just a he's right at his number guy, that's actually been, believe it or not, kind of good enough. We'll take any wins we get on top of that. Jalen Williams finally starting to move up the board. He is questionable with an illness right now, but he's up to number 78, and he still isn't even getting any steals. So if that ever changes, and I'm starting to have some slight concerns that it won't, but if that ever changes, then Jalen Williams can keep moving up the board. Walker Kessler, Cam Johnson are static. They've remained basically where they were when we gave their buy low Rex, whatever it was, two, three weeks ago. That's fine. Just continue to sit on it. It's not like it's been terrible since you bought low. Both those guys kind of, you know, 80, 90 range. It's okay. Um, I have 
a lot of confidence that Walker Kessler is going to move a pretty far ahead. I don't have quite as much confidence that Cam Johnson's going to jump as far, but he'll move up a little bit, I think, and so we can uh, take solace in that. I ask you now on this next slide, can we rinse and repeat on any of these guys? The answer, I believe, on Walker Kessler and Jason Tatum, who we had on our board last week, is yes. I think with DeMar DeRozan and Jalen Williams moving up the board a little bit, probably not as much wiggle room to buy low on those guys anymore. Now, if you did it, you enjoy. If you didn't, you probably just leave them alone. And OG Ananobi is actually kind of a better buy low now with some slight concerns, as I mentioned before. Those slight concerns being... Uh, is he ever going to get it going this year in Toronto? And I don't know. Though I still feel somewhat confident that he will be better than he's been so far. Let's get into our first buy low for this week. And that, and there are only two on the board this time, but they're pretty big names. And one of them is Mikhail Bridges, who currently sits at number 76 in 9-cat on the year. Over the last month, he's number 128 largely because over that month he has not been able to shoot the basketball. He's at just 44 and change percent over the last month. Uh, he's at just 1.1 combined steals and blocks. That is an obscenely low number for him, even if you continue to believe, which I do, that the steals and blocks numbers are not going to be as good as they were when his job was just to get steals and blocks in Phoenix. Thinking back about you know the first half of last year, he was at 2 Combined steals and blocks, that's where he's been in his lower usage roles. But even in Brooklyn last year, he's at 1.6. So, um, and even on the course of this year, he's at 1.3. So the fact that he's at just 1.1 over the last month, that's a number that's likely to come up. And it's possible that his last ball game actually made this buy low a little bit harder to pull off because in his last game, Mikhail had 29 points. Yes, it was against the Pistons. That's always good for what ails you. 29 points. On 9 out of 17 from the field, 10 for 10 at the free throw line, 6 boards, 7 assists, a steal, a block, and a 3-pointer. Is it a step in the right direction? Maybe. You know, better defenses have been tougher for him. But honestly, a lot of things have just kind of been tougher for him. He was really bad on Brooklyn's 5-game West Coast swing. Looked like he was playing on dead legs. Came back home, started to get his legs back in their second game back in Brooklyn. Hopefully, a little bit of rest over the Christmas break. They had two days off between games. Maybe you keep that going as Brooklyn moves now into sort of a heavier next, I think they play four out of the next six days. The nice thing about Mikhail Bridges is that even if we adjust, and, and this is the thing, even from the beginning of the year, this is a guy that was getting drafted around 20, and I didn't really have much of a, of a problem with it because the, the assumption or mine was at least, was that Bridges was going to be more like a 30 35 range per game guy, but was going to be smashing those numbers because of totals. Because he is consistently one of the healthiest dudes in the entire NBA. And he's played in, I believe this is every game so far this year. Am I getting that right? Yeah, 29 out of 29 games. So even though he's been bad or not great on the per game side, he's still inside the top 50 by totals and a, a little uptick in per-game appeal, and as the season wears on and you start to see more and more guys actually miss games here and there, uh, Brooklyn, of course, having played you know one or two fewer games than some of the guys that are in front of him on the board as well, this is a guy that, in my estimation, has a lot of different ways that he can actually slide up the board in overall rank. 
So just attrition is one of them. If he's a guy who stays upright when other people start to miss games here and there, and that's a thing that tends to happen, he'll move up the board a few slots that way. If he starts to get defensive stats a little bit better than he has been the last month, if he goes on a little warm run where he shoots 50% instead of 44, there's just all these ways that he can get better. And so if you're looking at more of an end target rank, I think maybe a slight adjustment down from mid-30s to more like 40. But because of how bad he's been so far this year, you can probably get him for someone in the 60 range with a lot of name recognition. Someone... Uh, like a Alperin Shengun, who's been very good at points, boards, and assists, but has this big free throw gap. So if you weren't trying to, to blow your free throw percentage up, that's a way you could maybe pivot off of that to somebody who has a chance to move up the board. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has pretty big name power. He's in the 60s. Michael Porter Jr. has pretty big name power. He's in the 60s. Rudy Gobert, although again, if you're punting free throws, that's a different story. These guys, that's sort of the case for a number of these dudes. I don't know if you go much farther above those dudes, but someone like a Nikola Vucevic, who I also like, but probably sort of hangs out in that kind of 45 to 60 range. You're giving up somebody who has a safe floor there for somebody who maybe the, does the floor ever get all the way high enough? I don't know. Franz Wagner's at 20 points. That probably isn't enough to get it done, but you never know. Maybe you pair him up with somebody else that's in that, like 85 to 95 range, uh, like a Buddy Heald or an Alex Caruso or an Austin Reeves, that might get it done. So there's a lot of ways, I think, in that range that you get yourself a Mikhail Bridges without having to pay up one of those guys in the 40s right now who, frankly, are just too expensive. So that's, I think, about as high as I would go. I definitely would not be selling on Bridges right now. It's absolutely uh, positively the wrong time to do that. Um, and what did I just see? Like, Did something just break in real time on the Chicago Bulls here? We may have just had something break on the Bulls. What's the story hit? Oh, uh, Nikola Vucevic just got ruled out right in the middle of the show. What's the report on that? I don't want to be late on this one. Something with his adductor. Uh, let's see. He's out. Sore adductor. We don't have a whole lot on it besides that. Okay. So it doesn't sound like a like a huge deal. Not like something's torn. Uh, but he's a late scratch. Vooch is a late scratch, meaning Andre Drummond is uh, a fill-in guy. But we can talk about that more, uh, more over on the social media side. So I got a little worried that something crazy happened. No, smaller thing. We'll deal with that when the show is over. Uh, when did the Bulls play tonight? I want to make sure that we've got time to actually get this information out on social media. Sh uh, Chicago plays in an hour and a half, so we got time. Okay, back to the story at hand here. Sorry about that, guys. I know we got way late a tiny bit. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything huge in the middle of a podcast. Uh, so for Bridges, because there is this likely, you know, he's got room for a 30-slot jump or something like that. You got room to buy for someone in between. So look for those names we were talking about that have a lot of name power. Or look for someone in that range that's just putting up big, big, big games right now. Jabari Smith Jr. is putting up huge games. That's probably not enough to get it done. But again, you pair these guys off. Michael Porter Jr. just had a big ball game. Pair him up with somebody. And again, if you're trying to unload a free throw issue, you've got a few guys in there that are kind of punt free throw types. Vooch now with this adductor probably now isn't enough to get it done. So that ruins that potential plan. 
Tobias Harris is a guy that's been on the rise here after a slow stretch. Does that get it done? Uh, not right now, but if he has two or three more big ball games in a row and with Joel Embiid out, maybe that ends up being a possible thought. Clint Capella's been very good. Somehow not a punt free throw guy so far this year, but he would be a great one to offer up in case the punt free throw creeps back in. There you go. The other name on the board this week is also a pretty big name guy going through kind of a weird little slump, and that man is Jimmy Butler who's currently ranked number 50 in 9-cat, crazy low for him, and 88 over the last month. And believe it or not, it's basically the same story as Mikael Bridges. Jimmy Butler is at one steal per game this year. One. That is not Jimmy Butler's universe. One steal per game. I mean, what are we even talking about here? It's been, um, I don't know forever since the last time that was even an afterthought his worst steals season I mean basically as far back as our memories can go was 1.6 steals per game he's lower than that right now in steals and blocks combined this is a guy that over the last decade 10 years of basketball basically any season he's been a starter in the NBA, and I'll read them off to you rapid fire. Starting in 2013, when Butler became a full-time starter playing starters minutes, those were Tibbs minutes, but still, whatever. Combined steals and blocks, 2.4, 2.4, 2.2, 2.3, 2.4, for 10 games in Minnesota the following year. That was uh, post-trade Philadelphia, 2.3. Uh, that was uh, that was post-trade, excuse me, but it was the, was the start of the year. 2.4 in Miami. This is the start of the Miami run, 2.4, 2.4, 2.1, 2.1, 1.5. is not like the others. Also of note, Butler is currently having his worst field goal percent season in five years. Free throw is fine. Three-pointers remain low, but who cares? Rebounds are low, but not like out of the range of normal possibility low assists are low. You could pin some of that on Tyler Hero, but he's been out a lot. You could pin some of that on Bam Adebayo, but he's been out a decent amount. Miami just continued to find ways to win. And for Butler, the big thing right now, steals and blocks. Steals and blocks. He was at 1.8 steals per game last year. He's among the league leaders this year. He's right smack in the middle of the pack, and it's doing nothing for him. That said, I think some of that comes around. For Butler, and I don't think them being all that crazy to assume that it does. How does it come around? I don't know. We've started to see it come around for Freddie Van Vliet while kind of nobody was watching. He had some gigantor ball games, and he's cooled off a little bit in his last two or three. Uh, but Freddie now up at 1.1 steals per game instead of 0.8 or whatever he was at three weeks ago. These things just slowly find their way back to where they always end up. The nice thing about Butler right now is that this, uh, it's not nice, but it's nice for those of us that are trying to cash in a little bit. The nice thing for those of us that are trying to cash in is that he's now been this whatever version of himself for long enough where it's believable. So you can get him for about the same price, I think, that you paid for Mikhail Bridges, maybe just a little bit more because I mean, we've seen Jimmy Butler do this a lot. He's also ranked 20 slots ahead of Bridges right now. But the guys, are rank, the guys that are around Butler on overall rank boards right now are DeMar DeRozan, that might get it done, Keegan Murray, Nikola Vucevic, Jalen Johnson, who comes back tonight. If he has a big ball game, I think you sell for something, see if you can get Jimmy Butler. Daniel Gafford, 
uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Nick Claxton, Tyler Hero, Jamal Murray, Bogdan Bogdanovich, that won't get it done. Miles Bridges, just in case anything happens there. Remember, he has a pending court date. I think all of these guys will have some chance, varying chances of getting the job done if you're trying to go get Jimmy Butler. Who's out? Questionable right now. He's dealing with this calf injury, which is no fun. And we know Jimmy tends to miss anywhere from usually, you know, 13 to 20 ball games per year. Maybe you pick him up here towards the tail end of whatever this sort of small, medium, medium length calf related absence is about. And then in all likelihood, at some point this year, he's going to have like a top 12 run he goes on where he's getting two and a half steals per game for a couple of weeks. That number probably evens out someplace. The other stuff doesn't change all that much. And then he just sort of looks like Jimmy Butler again. And maybe that's more like top 20 instead of top 10 this year. But that's still way out in front of where he is right now. I think he gets inside the top 30 relatively easily. When it all starts, I don't know. That's the problem with buy lows is you just don't really know when the turnaround's going to be. But he's been in this sort of quiet, meandering last month where, you know, again, number 88 over the last month, while guys have been out, it's been sort of a weird stretch for him. And the big reason, again, 0.8 defensive stats combined over that last month. 0.7 steals Point one blocks. That will not stand long term. He's not an under one. He's not Danilo Gallinari. He's not under one combined steal and block guy. This is the fluctuation. The random variance of defensive stats has hit him hard right now. He's sub DeAndre Hunter at the moment. He's Austin Reeves defensive stats over the last 30 days. That ain't Jimmy Butler, and we all know it. So go try to get him for someone in that 50 range. See if you can pull it off. I wanted to also take just a few seconds here before I give you the last kind of reminder slide to, number one, take your time on this stuff. Typically, these types of things now that we're, you know, two months into the season, these types of bylaws don't usually flip overnight. You saw with DeMar DeRozan, it took like three weeks for him to start getting it going. Sometimes it takes a few weeks for this stuff to kick in. GJJ earlier in the year took a few weeks to kick in. Sometimes it happens fast, like Julius Randle happened fast, right? After we talked about it, boom, it happened. Jalen Brown, boom, it happened. Some of those guys, it clicks right away, like the buy low is put out there by yours truly, and then it just manifests. But a lot of the time, there's a week or two where things continue to slide, there's no perfect answer to finding the right way to buy low. You don't know the moment it's going to turn. But you know when the value is low, which it is on these guys, and you can see it via public perception. And you know that at some point, because we still have three and a half months of the basketball season left, something's going something's gonna to squirm back the other way. Also, please check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Use promo code ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Again, that promo code ethos20, ethos20, to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. I told you all about the cool stuff they got going on over there on our first show earlier this morning. So here on show two, if you forgot about a Christmas present for somebody, that's the place to go to get it. Also, before I give you this last reminder on a very, very dicey buy low that I mentioned on last week's show that I want to highlight very quickly again before we wrap things up, please take a moment to like 
you're watching now or after the fact. And please find ways to just help us drive up numbers. I am not big enough on YouTube yet to just rely on the goodness of the algorithm. I need you guys to help me with it. Pods, Twitter, whatever, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, the, the site does a lot of the work. But that's years in the making. We've only been on YouTube video-wise for one calendar year. One. We've made a lot of headway, but I need your help to make more. So please do help us on that front. Pod folks, I think iTunes is changing things around so that it counts only people who are actually like going in and listening. It doesn't count subscriptions anymore. So please do take a moment to make sure shows get downloaded uh, onto your mobile devices. That's actually really big for us here. Even if you only have a chance to listen to the first 30 seconds and then advance because your kid's yelling at you or something, that actually matters. Now, before we wrap things up, because I said I was going to try to do it in 20, I wanted to put Bradley Beal back on this thing because he's hoping to be back not long after the first of the year. He's still available, and I still think you can get him for somebody in the 75 to 100 range. I don't know if I would go as high as 75 because that might be where he ends up this year, but if you can get him for somebody in like the 90 range with some name power, Keldon Johnson, do it. Buddy Heald, do it. Cam Johnson, much as I like him, do it. Uh, Austin Reeves, do it. Who else we got in there that might get it done? Mm, Those might be the names. Mm, Yeah, that's probably it. Dennis Schroeder, after a big ball game, that'd be one to try. He's number 111 right now, but if he has one of those... Like, I don't know who Toronto's playing next. I should probably know that off the top of my head. But, you know, when they play like a Wizards team and Schroeder goes for 19 and 11, throw him out there for Bradley Beal right after that. Kyle Kuzma, he's number 116, and most people would agree he's actually playing relatively well this year. But his fantasy game is crap for nine category leagues because of the things he does poorly. Steals, blocks, both percentages and turnovers. That's five negatives. Beal ain't going to have five negatives. Even if he ain't the old Bradley Beal, He's not going to have five negatives. He'll be positive in points. He'll be positive in assists, probably steals, possibly both percentages at the very least. He'll probably be a negative in rebounds, blocks, maybe turnovers, maybe threes. Hard to say. I bet you could turn Kuzma into Beal. Not that you would. Kuz is playing right now. I'll tell you what, January 1st, Throw Kyle Kuzma out there for Bradley Beal. And then let it, you know, whatever league you're in, it takes like two, three days for a trade to process. So you get Beal on like January 4th. You miss like a week of Kuzma there. And then maybe you get a guy who just can walk into fantasy value that's 30, 40 slots higher. Just because of how their nine category games are built. I know you guys hate that call, but I don't care. And I went over 20 minutes. Sorry about that, everybody. But we're done now. I'm at Dan Vespers on social. Thanks so much for listening. Again, please, whatever you can do to help power boost this thing, it does actually mean a lot. Uh, Find me on Twitter. Find our Discord link in the show description, along with all the other partners we've had over the course of the year, ExpressVPN, Manscaped, etc., etc. They are lovely folks. We wouldn't work with them if they weren't. And back with you guys again tomorrow for our Tuesday recap show. I don't know if we're going to have time for a sell-high show this week. I'll do my damn best. Uh, but again, kids on break, nanny out of town. So, uh, we're just going to try to do the most important stuff, get things out to you over the course of the week and, uh, make sure that you guys don't miss out on anything. 
as we roll along. Thanks again for watching, everybody, or listening. We'll see you soon.